Welcome to the College Connection Podcast, a podcast presented by the College of Registered Nurses of Newfoundland and Labrador. This podcast is a series of regulatory-focused information and education sessions for RNs and NPs. This is the College Connection Podcast. Welcome to the College Connection Podcast. With me today is Julie Wells and Michelle Carpenter. Julie is a research and policy officer with the college, and Michelle is a nursing consultant for policy and practice with the college. We have a great show for you today. We are going to discuss alinity and the importance of updating your profile and account in the alinity member portal. Alinity is the college's new registration software platform available through Softworks. On the college's website homepage in the top right-hand corner, you will find the tab for the Alinity member portal. We would like to emphasize the importance of RNs and NPs updating their profile in the new Alinity member portal. Throughout this podcast, Julie and Michelle will explain the importance of updating your profile for licensure renewal and the CCP requirements for licensure renewal as well. They will also talk you through the steps to update your profile in Alinity and how to log steps three to five of the CCP that are required for licensure renewal. We will also discuss some tips for meeting the CCP requirements for licensure renewal. So Michelle, to get us started, why is it important to update your profile and account in Alinity? Thanks, Kelly. Well, it's incumbent upon all RNs and MPs to update their profile or their account in the Alinity member profile. You can't renew your license to practice until you update that account or um, profile. And most importantly, you can't practice without a license to practice. So we're discussing um, this topic today because nearly 50% of RNs and MPs are yet to update their profile. And March 1st is looming very near in, in the future. So um, as well, as you know, the college's mandate is public protection. And by having that protected title, it's assurance to the public that RNs and MPs are going to provide safe, competent, compassionate, and ethical care. And a part of being a self-regulated professional is that you're accountable and responsible to have your license, uh, your current license to practice. And this expectation is found in our standards and is under standard one, responsibility and accountability under indicator one, that says that RNs and MPs must meet all licensure requirements and maintain a current license. Is Alinity also used <coughs> for registrants to log their CCP? Yes, RNs and MPs will log their CCP learning activities, their 24 hours of learning in the Alinity member portal, um, which is also a requirement for licensure renewal. And under standard one, indicator nine, RNs and MPs must engage in professional development opportunities, including compliance with continuing competency requirements. So it's really important um, that you renew your license because it's also important to the public because it ensures the public protection or public safety by receiving care from nurses that are safe and competent because they've been engaging in continuous learning and maintaining their competency. And it's also a legislative requirement under the RN regulations, and that's you can find that under Section 17, subsections 1 to 3. 
which reads that all members shall complete a, a continuing competency program as required by the council. The council shall conduct regular audits of the members' participation in the continuing competency program, and members shall provide all the information requested in the conduct of the audit. And there is no RN and MP that won't be impacted if they don't update their license. You're not going to be able to practice after March 31st, 2024, if you haven't completed the steps for licensure renewal. And one of those steps is updating your account or profile. And as a result, your employer will be notified. And if you practice without a license, this could lead to conduct deserving a sanction and being involved in the professional conduct review process. So please don't wait until the last minute um, in March. You don't want to run into problems on March 31st if you wait uh, until then. You want to get uh, your licensure renewal completed by March 1st. And up until March 1st, there's an automatic approval when you enter all of your data into Alinity member pro uh, portal. But after March 1st, staff will have to go in and manually approve your license. So if you wait until March 31st and you encounter any issues, well, that could have a real impact and a serious ramification for you if you can't renew your license. There's also a lot of benefits, Kelly, to um, completing this process. Uh, updating your profile provides your point of contact with the college, and it protects you from identity theft when um, when others are trying to pose as uh, another registered nurse. And we live in a world where identity theft is very real and it has happened in nursing and it's actually happened in our province. And you all worked very hard um, to be a professional and you don't want anyone taking advantage of that and stealing your identity. So our new Alinity Member Pro uh, Portal has a new um, identity process, and it's a two-factor authentication process that will help protect against identity theft. Thank you, Michelle. Julie, turn it over to you. Why did the college choose Alinity through SoftWorks? Um, well, I'll start by saying that our implementation of this uh, Alinity software is still in progress. There are modules and functions that haven't been launched yet. So it's, um, I think we need to start by thanking registrants for their patience and their understanding as we continue to work to bring this system online, which is new for us as well as being new for staff, or for registrants, sorry. So there were tens of thousands of records and documents involved in the conversion process from our old system to our new system. It's a huge undertaking. Uh, and we started it because the software that we were using for our old online registration system, which was my CRNNL for those who had used it, was approaching what uh, is known in the technology sector as end of life, which means that it would no longer receive uh, any software or security updates, which obviously posed risks to the system because um, if it's no longer being updated, then it might not function as we expect it to. And no security updates obviously poses a security risk to the valuable data that we hold for registrants. So a technical assessment was done and it rightly recommended that we transition to a new system. Uh, we also considered the user experience for our online registration and renewal and for CCP, which we launched online last year for the first time. Um, so if you had used MyCRNNL, you wouldn't have realized that it's not what uh, is referred to as a responsive website. So if you were on a smaller device like a phone or a tablet, 
it didn't automatically resize the screen. So if you were trying to enter your CCP, there was a lot of pinching and scrolling and trying to resize uh, the, to see all the data and enter it properly. So we we recognized that it wasn't a great user experience. So we we went looking for a system that would be uh, secure and comprehensive and uh, would allow for a better user experience. And Alinity provides that. Um, Alinity is actually an integrated system. It incorporates not just registration, but also CCP and communications and professional conduct review. And that inter integration of those systems allows us to build operational efficiencies. So we can do things better because the system actually communicates, our PCR system communicates with registration now. Uh, so the short answer is it's better technology that we can use to deliver a more efficient registrant experience and one that supports us as a college to uh, achieve our public protection mandate. Wow, that's good. Thanks, Julie. Julie, are you able to describe to our listeners how to update your profile in the Alinity member portal? Every current registrant will have received an email from CRNNL registration. Uh, the subject, depending on when you got it, might look a little bit different, but it will uh, be an email from us telling you that we have moved to Alinity. And it will provide your username and uh, a, a confirmation link that you need to click in order to uh, activate your current account. This link is only good for two weeks from the date that we send the email. So if you see the email and you, you've ignored it, or if it's in your junk mail and you don't know that it's there, um, you might, when you go to click the link, it might not work because it could have expired. And there's security reasons why you don't want confirmation links to be active for a really long time, because if someone were to get a, someone else were to get access to your email, then they could uh, confirm your Alinity account. And as Michelle had alluded to, steal your identity, uh, get a nursing license in your name. So the confirmation link will actually expire. So I've set up a test account and uh, I'm going to show you now I've opened the email. I'm going to click that link and it will take me to the step to complete my profile. So the first thing I need to do is enter a password. And then confirm that password. And that's it. So my account has been confirmed. So I will need the email address, which is your username. And our old system used your registration number as your password. Um, Alinity uses the email address that you have on file with the college. So if you have a new email address um, or if it's uh, going to your work email and you um, you're using your work email and you, and you think it might be going to your personal email and you don't have access to that account anymore, um, then contact the college and the staff at registration will ask you some questions to verify your identity and then uh, they can help you go through the process to update the email address that we have on file for you. So just to clarify, uh, Julie, um, yep. when you log in, so when registrants go to log in, it's their email that they have mm -hmm. on file here with the college that they yes. use as the username. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And that is Thanks. the email that we will be sending um, yes. the message to. So 
use the email address for the um, address that you use when you get that first message. Now, because this is a test account, unfortunately, I don't have the profile update option <laughs> available to me, but I think it is on the um, Michelle, the account that Michelle will be doing for her demo. Um, but if this were uh, a fully activated, it is an activated account, if it were uh, an account that had some registration information associated with it, then on the left here where it says currently my groups, there would also be my profile and my learning. So my profile is where you would go to update your um, user profile, your name, your address, email address, employment information, uh, and also a part of your profile update um, is the uh, series of consent questions. So you can consent to um, get the practice team's newsletter or consent to participate in the research process. And that's a part of your profile update. Uh, and also my learning, which is where you will log your CCP. But um, I'm gonna stop sharing my screen because that is not available in this test account. So there's, oh, here, stop sharing. Julie, a question just came in about um, they haven't got the email. And my understanding is an email went out on Halloween on October 31st. And as it did what happened with mine, it went into my junk mail. So mm -hmm. um, we encourage RNs and MPs to check their spam or their junk mail um, to see if it's in, in that um, folder because mine did and I had to go in and retrieve it. So, um, so did you want to just comment on that or? Um, yep, you're correct. It, it uh, could very well end up in your junk. Now we did make some tweaks after the first email went out in July when we first launched. Um, to, I won't get into the technical piece of it, but to make it more deliverable, let's say, to try and keep it out of people's uh, junk or spam um, inbox, spam boxes. Um, but it is still possible that it will go in there. So if you, the other reason you might not have, gotten, might not have gotten the email uh, is if you have already activated your account. So if you have activated your account, the email is only being sent to the people who haven't gone through that process yet. So you might not have gotten the email from October 31st if you had previously completed the steps that we just walked through. Uh, but if you um, haven't completed those steps and you have checked your junk mail and it's not in there, my suggestion would be to contact the registration uh, department and confirm the email address that we have on your profile because that's the address that it's going to. All right, so uh, going back to you, Michelle, um, can you describe to our listeners how to complete the three required steps of the new CCP? Yeah, sure. Um, so before I begin, I just want to remind um, the RNs and NPs that are listening that it's important to avoid any of the pitfalls that you were encountered uh, last year with the new CCP and also with the, the audit. So we're going to review some tips later on um, about how to meet the CCP requirements for licensure renewal. So I just want to, um, I guess, emphasize that it's really important that you not wait until the last moment um, in case you, in, uh, you encounter any issues when you're um, inputting the data that, you, that is required in the Alinity member profile. And it's also going to be a lot for you if you wait until, you know, close to March 1st to input all of your learning activities, your impact statements, and your summative um, until the, um, you know, the beginning of, of uh, March 1st. So, you know, just a tip, 
get get started soon if you haven't already started. So um, in our uh, resources for um, the new CCP, uh, we have a diagram that depicts the six steps um, of the new uh, continuing competency program. So once you sign into the Alinity member profile, in order to start, start capturing your learning activities, you must go into the folder as uh, Julie described uh, in the Alinity member profile called My Learning. And this is going to be located on the left-hand side of the, of the portal. And I'll, I'll, we'll um, talk you through that as I enter learning into um, the test account. And be sure when you go into My Learning that you choose the learning plan for the current licensure year, April 1, 2023 to March 31st, 2024. So please double check to make sure it says 2023-04 to 2024-03. If it says the CCP cycle, is 2022-04 to 2023-03, you're in the wrong learning plan. And you may see 2023-2024 in the registration year, but this refers when you initiated your learning plan. Okay, so just double check that the CCP cycle is saying 2023-04 to uh, 2024-03. So it has to be that April 2023 to March 2024. And I will um, talk you through how to do that when I go into my learning. So just to confirm that the if the CCP cycle says 2023-04 to 2024-03, you're in the right learning plan. And as you recall, there is six steps to the CCP program. However, steps one and two, conduct your self-assessment, identify your learning needs. These are um, reflective and informal um, exercises. So nothing has to be recorded for those two steps. Step three is complete and evaluate the immediate impact of each learning activity. And step four, record 24 hours of learning activities in my learning in the Alinity member portal. And then step five is complete the summative evaluation. Step six is your CCP audit. And because your entries are already in my learning, you don't have to um, input anything else or submit anything to the college for the CCP audit. The basis of the audit is the information that's in the Alinity member profile, which will be steps three to five. So for licensure renewal, steps three, four, and five is what is required to be entered into the Alinity member profile for renewing your license. Um, and as a, um, I guess a reminder is that you have to renew your license by March 1st, but you can continue to complete your CCP requirements up to March 31st, but you will not be issued a license to practice until your, all of the steps of licensure are completed. And CCP is part of those licensure requirements. And remember that you need to ensure after you do your steps for licensure renewal that you pay your fee as well. So with the new rules of the uh, continuing competency program, there's no longer any distinction between formal and self-directed learning. So there's no reason that you can't get your 24 hours of learning before March 1st. 
A list of possible learning activities are, can be found in our CCP guide um, that's on our website under the web page called Continuing Competency. So a good rule of thumb is not wait until the last minute because it could have a significant impact on your ability to practice starting April 1. So start capturing your learning activities now if you haven't already started. And so um, those steps that you're required to complete for licensure renewal will be steps three, four, and five. Perfect. Thank you, Michelle. And uh, just for our listeners, I will put that link there for our live listeners in the chat box there uh, for the document that Michelle was referring to. I'll do that now shortly. Um, Michelle, would you be able to describe to our listeners uh, how you enter learning activities, your impact statements, and the summative evaluation in my learning? Uh, could you give some examples of these? And there were um, listeners requesting uh, requesting this as well. Sure. So as I said previously, and Julie um, talked about, so I'm now into a test um, account. And you'll see on the left-hand side, you'll see home, download, uh, registration, my groups, my learning, and my profile. So Michelle, I'm just can gonna... you, do you want to share? Yeah, is that what you were oh, supposed to do? Yes, just My share. apologies. That's okay. I'm going to stop presenting there now and you can share. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. There you go. So as I said, I'm going to go back to, to home. Um, so when I put in my um, password and um, and my email to get into the test uh, account, um, you have all your groupings on this side. So as Julia talked about, um, my profile. So this is going to be part of uh, updating your uh, Alindy member profile is going in and updating. And this individual is Jane Doe. So you would see more data here under your personal account. Um, so that is one part of um, licensure renewal is updating your profile. But for continuing competence requirements, you need to put it into my learning. And you'll see the registration year. Ensure when you're into Alinity that you're choosing the 2023 to 2024. And you hit the greater than sign and do go into your CCP cycle. And you'll see when you get into my learning, that CCP cycle, as I, I had explained, it should read 2023-04 to 2024-03. And if you haven't put any CCP requirements in, it will say that your um, total hours are, um, it should be 24 uh, hours that you need to complete. So I'm going to now add in some learning for you to um, to explain what uh, a learning description should look like and what an impact statement should read like and the summative evaluation. So I'm first going to add in um, my uh, one learning activity, and that was um, the NCSBN virtual advanced practice RNs roundtable. So that would go into your um, activity description. So I'm just pasting this in and the completion date was on April 11th. So your calendar can backtrack to those dates. So I'm going back to April 11th and that was for five hours. So I would um, put in five hours and zero minutes. 
And the activity description says, what did you do? So there's a minimum of 20 characters and a maximum of 300 characters. And the learning impact describes what you what you learned and what immediate impact did it have on your practice. It has a minimum of 20 characters and a maximum of 1,000 characters. Well, for my learning impact, I wrote during this roundtable, I learned that the COVID pandemic uh, significantly reshaped NP practice. Um, and excuse me, reshaped, reshaped MP practice and that telehealth is being used to provide care in substance use disorders. I also learned about the new core competency framework, framework which has six core competency domains and performance domains. This new knowledge will assist me in my work with MP regulation. In addition, as a lead for NP practice at the college, I need to keep abreast of best practices and track new trends. It will also assist me in my work with assessing IEN applicants' credentials from the U.S. So then I'm going to submit or this um, activity, or I can add a new activity. So I'm going to add a new activity. And the next one, uh, learning activity, is a whistleblowing in nursing, Whistleblowing Canada Research Society, and this was a webinar. And it was completed on April 26. And it was for one hour. So you put in one hour and zero minutes. And my learning impact statement that I determined was that in this webinar, I learned that nurses are often left out of decision-making committees. And as a result, nurses may have blind spots that can contribute to increased safety risks. Nurses often experience ridicule and isolation when they whistleblow. I learned about five types of wrongdoing and five factors that influence nurses' decisions to whistleblow. Even when nurses follow organizational policies and their manager's instructions, they can still experience severe retaliation and discipline. Also, federal and provincial legislation is notoriously weak and ineffective in relation to whistleblowing. The knowledge I gained in this session may be also used to assist RNs and MPs during practice calls, especially when there's a professional practice issue. It also keeps me up to date on legislation and case law that I can immediately incorporate into my practice as a nursing consultant. So then I can, um, I can submit for um, later. I can submit, sorry, my two practice calls. I'm just going to submit to show you. And then it comes up that the form has one or more errors that must be corrected. So again, um, in my first one, um, the date didn't go in. So I'm going to go back and put it in for April 26. There we go. And then I come down, I'm then going to submit. So then I want to um, add more learning. So I'm going to then go to the uh, button that says click to add a new activity. So my next activity is a literature review. And I read articles on closing a practice or a clinic. 
And I completed that on August 9th. So again, I go into the calendar and I can backspace it so that I get to the date when I completed it. And that's uh, the time that you should put in the completion date. And that took me um, two hours. So again, I would choose two and then zero minutes. And then my um, under that literature review, I read a number of articles. They were all on closing a practice or a clinic. And my impact statement then would read, through this literature review, I learned about the expectations for an MP, physician, or RN closing a practice or clinic. The knowledge gained will be used to draft fact sheets and or FAQs in the near future. In addition, I have received an increasing number of practice calls and I feel more competent in the best practices across Canada and can provide evidence-informed advice to RNs and MPs requesting assistance. I'm addressing an identified need of registrants. And then to add another activity. So here I'm also attended another webinar. And that was by Senior. And that was an international symposium, Bradley Chisholm and Harry Caton, and the title was Regulation for the Future. Oops, sorry. Again, as you can see, you're able to cut and paste uh, if you put it in the wrong section and we put that into the activity description and I did that on May 17th. So I go back to May, I choose May 17th and that was one hour and 30 minutes. So I'm choosing 30, one hour and then the 30 minutes. And then my impact statement was in this session, I learned about compassionate discipline and regulation and changes in regulation in Canada. The knowledge gained can be used this fall for the strategic planning process and for finalizing our strategic plan. Again, another activity, and this one is relevant for nursing. As um, our new CCP program, um, we have indicated that it really addresses all domains of practice. So this is one that nursing educators um, would be able to relate to. And this one was the 2023 Kazan Biennial Canadian Nursing Education Conference. And the title was Anti discriminatory pedagogy in nursing education. And I completed that, that was a two day conference, but I completed over two days and I completed it on May 30th. So I choose May, May 30th and that, tele, that um, education session was 10 hours in total. So I picked 10 hours and zero minutes. And the impact statement was as follows. And again, when you are doing a attending a conference or um, a, a, an event, maybe like an education day, you can you can um, group all of these things under that day. So in this two day conference, I learned about critical anti-discriminatory pedagogy in nursing education, the new terms being used now in academia and EDIAR and equity deserving students and how anti-racism is being promoted in nursing education. The need to take a relational approach to education 
is needed to evaluate the context of where nursing education is taking place and what culture is needed to be created. I also learned about the 10 strategies um, to embed ADP into curriculum, eight aspects of strength-based nursing and healthcare leadership, genomics, and the CAMH 2023 Health Equity Framework for Education and Training. This conference was important for networking and to learn more about the nursing programs that the college approves. I've taken over as the lead for educational approval and this conference provided valuable knowledge and, and concepts to help in this process. And again, with this, you can go back and edit when you see that there's spelling errors. Also, the RNELCs are, and again, you see a spelling mistake and you can go back and, and make those changes. So very easy to do that. Um, so the RNMPELC, I'm sorry, the RNELCs are getting close to needing updating and valuable knowledge was gained to assist in this work. So we're, we're going to um, submit and let's see how many hours we have now. So we come down to the bottom of the screen and we submit. So now we have um, about 19 hours um, and it should be 24 hours. And, and But once you get your 24 hours put in, you can then do the summative evaluation. So the summative evaluation that I have written for my learning, I'm now going to copy and paste that into the summative. So here in the summative evaluation, you want to give a description of the overall impact of the 24 hours of learning had on your nursing practice. So how was it different? So here I'm putting in my, um, my summative and I, I'll, We'll um, read that out for you as I get it added into the screen. Michelle, can I just ask you a question? And yeah. Julie, you, you might be able to answer this um, as well. I'm not sure. But um, if if you are, um, you know, if you've done more than 24 hours of learning, uh, does the system make you stop at 24 hours or could you add more? Do you, do you guys know that at this point? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So if you're if you have, uh, you know, put in 19 hours and then your last session is maybe for 20 hours, it will allow you to capture up to like that 39. But if you're putting in like one hour sessions or two hour sessions and it comes out to the 24 hours of learning, then it will stop you, cap you at 24 hours of learning. That's all that's required for the CCP requirements. And so that's what the system will capture. Um, but if that last learning activity puts you over the 24, it will capture it for you. Okay, I gotcha. So okay. as I said, in this summative evaluation, you're describing how the 24 hours of learning had an impact on your practice and how it changed. So overall, the 24 hours of learning has assisted me in keeping in keeping update, uh, updated on best practice and trends in nursing, education, regulation, and technology, all of which are extremely important in my role as a nursing consultant. Engaging in this learning has prepared me to be able to update or draft new college documents to meet the needs of RNs and MPs working within the current healthcare system. It has also allowed me 
to competently answer practice calls, give informed regulatory direction related to RN and MP practice and scope of practice questions, and be innovative when exploring new initiatives and ways of knowing and doing within my role. I feel I've gained new knowledge and uh, new new and val valuable knowledge that will allow me to be a better chair and co-chair or participant in committee work. It has enhanced my learning um, and leadership skills and has given me more confidence when engaging with global, national, and provincial leaders. This year, um, I have taken on a new role as lead for education approval and also sit on another working group for the NP FIP um, project. And um, I feel more prepared and competent to lead or participate in these groups. The learning has also helped allowed me to be more creative and innovative when contributing to the college's board's new strategic plan and outcomes and operational plan. I certainly feel I'm able to think more outside the box and consider new and emerging ideals to move the college and my role forward. It has also allowed me to consider new content for the notes from the practice team. This year, my learning has exposed me to, to, to new technologies, and as a result, I feel less intimidated when having to learn how to use new technologies in my role. This year, the college has implemented the new Alinity member portal, College Connection podcasts, and new platforms, and I've been gaining some savvy in using these new software and platforms. It hasn't taken me as long to learn the new technologies, and we even help regist registration troubleshoot some of the issues encountered as RNs and MPs have encountered some issues as they have tried to update their profile in Alinity and capture their learning in my learning. So finally, all of their learning has allowed me to be responsive to ever-changing nursing work environments and competing demands on my job. It has assisted me in preceptoring and mentoring new college staff and kept me agile and flexible to addressing um, competing priorities. Even being in this role for eight years, I need to keep up to date, keep abreast of new trends, and engage in a wide variety of continuous learning to be able to assist RNs in a wide variety of practice calls and development of needed resources. So here now I have my summative evaluation and I'm going to submit. So your continuing, the message is that your continuing education plan has been submitted. So those are the three steps that are required to meet the licensure requirements. So you need to have a total of 24 hours of learning um, in, your, in your learning plan. So um, Kelly, I'm going to stop sharing yep, then yep. the screen. And, yep. um, and if registrants after this um, podcast has any issues, they can reach out to, um, to us to um, navigate the um, Alinity member product, uh, portal. And Michelle, I just wanted to weigh in there. Um, the test account was um, created in September. Uh, so that registrant has a September date on their license, which is why they were showing as having 14 hours of CCP, not 24. So it was uh, a prorated amount. Um, the majority of registrants uh, will, as Michelle said, have 24 hours on their plan. But that wasn't an error. That was just because it was a prorated hours. Okay, no worries. Okay, uh, Michelle, before we move on for some more tips, I was wondering if you could clarify something for me with respect to um, when you had 
education over two days and how yep. you entered that. Could you just well, touch on that it, briefly? Pardon me. Yeah. Could you just go over that again for me, please? Sure. So when you do education over like more than one day, you would capture when you completed that learning. So if it's a two-day conference, you would say that you completed it on the second day and you would list all the new learning that you had in that um, conference, okay? And then you would, um, in your impact statement, you would say what is the new learning or new competencies you gained and what will be the immediate impact after completing that two-day conference on your nursing practice, your immediate. So how you're going to put that or implement that into your your practice setting because your learning activities had to be related to your professional practice or and or your uh, your practice setting. So how are you going to take back that new knowledge and implement it immediately into your practice? Okay, that's great. Thanks, Michelle. Uh, Michelle, I know that you were involved in the audit from last year and you um, you know, there were certain common, I guess, themes or or pitfalls, I guess, uh, from some registrants. I'm just wondering if you could review some of those common, um, you know, some some common pitfalls or, I guess, tips for success, even um, with respect to entering your learning activities and writing your your impact statements and your summative evaluation. Sure. So we want RNs and MPs to avoid those pitfalls that we saw in the um, 2023 audit. Um, so I'm going to, um, you know, talk about now some of the, the tips that you can use to meet the CCP requirements. And one of the biggest issues that we found is that people were entering um, learning outside of the um, correct licensure year. So when you're entering um, learning activities in my learning, you need to ensure that you're using the correct licensure year. So the learning should occur between April 1, 2023 to March 31st, 2024. So it's not learning done from January to, to December. So if you have any learning activities that you did in January to March 2023, then that's not going to be able to be entered for meeting your licensure requirements for this licensure year. Another tip is don't use gibberish. So um, gibberish can, um, you know, if you're uh, writing down just symbols or put, uh, not writing down, pardon me, entering just symbols or whatever, um, and it's gibberish, then your file will probably be forwarded to the Director of Professional Conduct uh, Review to um, to review. So it's really important that you also use one and. Uh, complete sentences and not one word sentences for the learning um, activity description or the impact statement or the summative evaluation. So um, we would encourage you to, um, and the system encourages you to enter data that is more than 20 characters. So you have to enter at least a minimum of 20 characters. And um, the maximum characters for your uh, activity description is 300 characters and um, your learning impact is a minimum of 20 characters and a thousand characters. So um, so please avoid the one word um, answers and um, and use complete sentences. Um, also, the 
impact statement requires two things. It describes what the new competencies or um, new knowledge you gained and how did this immediately impact your nursing practice. So um, I gave some uh, examples earlier when I demonstrated in my learning what a learning activity and an impact statement should um, appear like. But your learning activity also must be related to your professional practice in your practice setting. So nursing tasks such as like checking a crash cart um, is not really a learning activity. But if you've reviewed the, the medications and the product monographs um, that would be used, uh, you know, for reviewing the meds that would be used in a code blue, that would certainly um, you know, count as learning activities. And you also can use learning that will help you with your career path or your career ladder. So if you are going to complete a university degree or a university course that will help you in the future um, to, you know, apply for a clinical educator position or a management position, then you can also use those as learning activities. So also, it's really important that um, we've had some questions and um, some data entered incorrectly when it comes to preceptorship, mentorship, teaching, or supervision. It is only the prep work that is counted. So whatever, um, you know, reviewing of policies or reading articles to prepare to be a preceptor or a mentor or to teach a course or do a presentation or act as a supervisor um, of it, like a new nurse or a um, nursing student, it's what you do to um, gather the knowledge that you are going to impart to that learner. It is not the whole preceptor um, time that, um, that you're assigned. If you do six weeks, it wouldn't be 225 hours for that six weeks. It's the time that you've spent preparing to be a preceptor, a mentor. As well, um, the summative evaluation is not to be used as a form to address professional practice issues. Um, it's not a place to vent, um, complain about your organization or the college, voice professional practice issues that you're having in your practice setting, having any, you know, discussing the difficulties you have with technology or thanking the presenters. Um, this is where you describe what is the overall impact of 24 hours of learning had on your practice. How has your practice changed or is different? So it's really not the place to, to vent. So, you know, professionalism is, uh, is expected in all of your interactions with the college and, and with the public. So even when you're completing your CCP requirements and your licensure renewal requirements, you're expected to be professional. There also shouldn't be any duplication of new learning unless it's, unless you've achieved new learning. Um, so, um, you know, important that um, we saw that people, um, you know, included learning activities that had the same title and the same um, impact um, statement. So it may have been by error that they put in a duplication, um, but if they thought that you could use the same thing with the same learning, then that can't be accepted as um, two learning activities, unless there's new learning. Another um, tip is to avoid lumping all of your learning activities in one entry. So what I mean by that is um, some people um, did multiple learning activities, but they put it all under 
education. And that was the description, the learning um, activity description. And they listed everything they did, and then they wrote one impact statement. The ideal in um, CCP, in the new program, is that you list the learning activity that you did, and the, so then that you're able to describe in the impact statement what was the new new knowledge that you gained or the new competency you gained and how you're going to implement that immediately into your practice. So what was the immediate effect? So by saying that you did all of this learning in one entry, how are you writing an impact statement on each of these learning activities? So really important to identify each learning activity. So by doing that, you'll have a better um, ability to describe the impact of the 24 hours of learning at, when you're doing the summative. And you also don't need to repeat the impact um, of the learning activities in the first part of the um, you know, in that uh, impact statements and your learning activities in the summative. The summative is different than the impact statement. You're describing in the summative the overall impact of doing all of that learning on your nursing practice. And also, um, be early. Try not to be too late. Enter your CCP requirements by March 1st. You have to renew your license to practice by March 1st. You can wait until uh, up to March 31st to enter your learning, but you know there's many, many opportunities for you with this new program to add in things that you never thought of before, like looking up, um, you know, a, a disease process in up to date, looking up uh, med in your um, medication platform standing at the bedside and reviewing a disease process with your clinical educator or learning how to assemble um, a new piece of equipment. Those are the things that you're able to capture that people didn't. So there's, there is lots of lots of opportunities to get the 24 hours of learning by March 1st. And by waiting to um, March 31st, it could have significant ramifications if you encounter issues. March 31st this year falls on a Sunday. Um, so as I said, um, after March 1st, um, there isn't an automatic uh, approval process um, once you get past March 1st. Staff had to go in and approve your um, licensure um, ap renewal application. So it's really important that you want to get it done um, you know, as soon as possible so that you don't have issues and that you get your license to practice because you need to consider the impact of not having a license at, at um, April 1. You cannot practice without a license to practice. So it's really important that you get in and get your licensure renewal requirements completed, including your CCP requirements. Perfect. Thanks, Michelle. Um, I know you were talking about, you were explaining um, how, you know, we, we shouldn't really wait till the last minute when we're logging our entries and we're um, renewing our license. Can you review a general timeline of what we should be sticking to when it comes to um, when it comes to Alinity updating our profile, logging CCP? Would you be able to review that timeline with us? Sure. So um, in your CCP guide um, workbook that is um, on our website, you can you'll see this timeline. So just some you know tips or suggestions is that 
when the new licensure year starts in April, then you can conduct your um, self-assessment early in April. So this is a, a self-reflective informal exercise where you're reflecting on your standards of practice, your code of ethics, and you're thinking about your professional practice in your practice setting. And then, you know, in April, um, early May, you're looking at your practice and you're thinking, okay, what are the things I want to learn about um, in during this licensure year for um, for my professional practice? And you may want to write these down. There's a text box in our CCP guide, or you can just jot them down on a piece of paper, or you don't put them anywhere um, because this program is very flexible and your learning needs can change throughout the year. And you can seek learning activities throughout the year um, that meets what your requirements for your practice setting. And then from April to January and February, um, you should be completing those 24 hours of learning. And if you're going by the, uh, the rule of thumb of two hours per month, um, you know, we're now into November, so you're probably up to at least, you know, 14, 16 hours, but that's not a hard and fast rule. You can actually enter all of your learning activities in May or June um, or even April. Um, depends on when you complete that 24 hours of learning. And during that process, you're also reflecting on the new knowledge that you gained and those impact statements. And so once you enter that 24 hours of learning and you've done your impact statements, then in that January, February, uh, you're recording all of those activities if you haven't already. Um, but by March 1st, you really should be in, in, um, inputting all of the learning activities, impact statements into um, the Alinity member portal because it would be a lot of um, data to enter if you have a lot of um, sessions that are like 30 minutes or 10 minutes or an hour. So, you know, these are just some general timelines that you can use. And then by the end of February, you want to be completing your, your steps for um, CCP and your licensure renewal. So you'll need to complete your summative evaluation of the impact of those 24 hours of learning had on your, on your nursing practice. And remember that you can um, enter data up to March 31st, but your licensure renewal portion has been completed by March 1st. And a license to practice won't be issued um, until you have completed your CCP requirements. So those are some of the timelines that you need to keep in mind. And then the CCP audit is going to be done throughout um, the 24-25 uh, year um, because all of your entries will be entered up to March 31st, 2024. So staff will be looking at, um, you know, your entries in my learning to conduct the CCP audit. But you don't have to worry. You don't have anything um, that you need to submit. And you'll just receive a letter, an email um, from the college saying that uh, you have, um, you know, met all CCP requirements or if you have to submit something in, in the next year. So that's a little bit on the on the timeline, Kelly. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, it is a it is a question. Sometimes we do get from uh, registrants, but um, so the way Alinity is set up from from what you're explaining, uh, Michelle is, um, you know, you could you could um, complete some learning in March and record that. Absolutely. Okay. But again, as I said, with this new program, there's 
ample opportunity um, to um, engage in learning and different types of learning that people didn't consider. So, you know, it's really important to us that, you know, completing your licensure renewal is, is so important and it can have serious consequences if we fail to do so. So we're asking you to spread the word because as I said earlier in the podcast, um, you know, nearly 50% of RNs and MPs have not updated their profile and, um, and have not entered any learning. So, you know, it can have an impact on yourself, your colleagues, and the healthcare system um, if RNs don't renew your license by March 31st. So, you know, please help us get the message out um, so that people complete their licensure renewal requirements and um, the CCP requirements in a timely fashion. Perfect. Thanks. There's just a comment there that the slide is tiny. I'm not sure how to make that bigger. However, Michelle, this is from the CCP uh, framework or um, document, correct? It's in the CCP guide that they can yes. find on our web page, website under this continuing competency um, web page. It is in okay. the appendix in the um, CCP guide. Yeah. And I, I have the links put in the chat box for for the for that document. So that's that's great there for our live listeners there if they want to take a look. Um, so Michelle, we've we've heard from some registrants um, since Anonymity went live back in July. What can our listeners do when uh, they have some issues with their okay. Anonymity account? Yeah. Um, so if there's issues related to logging um, your learning in my learning in the Alinity member profile, then they can certainly reach out to um, myself, uh, Michelle Carpenter, or Kelly Kane, uh, my colleague here on the line. Um, we are nursing consultants and we're responsible for the, the continuing competency program. So, and we've been troubleshooting uh, with RNs and MPs of how to enter that into my uh, learning in the Alinity member profile. But if you're having issues related related to verifying your um, Alinity account or your profile, then reach out to registration. And that is registration at crnnl.ca, or you can call the 709-753-6040. Um, and we will do our utmost to help RNs and MPs um, to troubleshoot what the issues they're having. And I hope by uh, Julie and I demonstrating, um, you know, how to um, verify your account and um, and then how to enter the learning um, through these uh, the Alinity member profile uh, portal. Then you know we've helped to answer some of the questions. We also have a link um, to frequently asked questions on our website, and you can find that on the front page uh, of our website at the top left hand corner. You'll see a note, um, a new regulatory management system now live, and click here to access the FAQ. So we do have some FAQs that people can refer to as well on our front page. Thanks, Michelle. Um, I do have a poll here for our live listeners, but I'm going to wait just for a little bit um, uh, to do that, just to uh, make sure we have enough time to hit on some of the questions that I'm seeing in um, that I'm seeing coming through. Um, so I believe it was reviewed briefly, but if a registrant didn't receive an email, um, what should their next steps be if they didn't? receive an email and and uh, I guess if they check their junk as well I think that would be the step one because mine went into my junk folder I didn't see it I missed it um so what should they do at that point if they didn't receive an email 
Julie, did you want to answer that or did Yeah, you- I was waiting to see if you were going to talk <laughs> first. <laughs> uh, yep. So uh, the first step, you're right, Kelly, would be to check your junk mail to see if that's uh, where it ended up. Um, and if it's not there, then you can get in touch with the registration department. That would be registration at crnnl.ca, or you can call the 753-6040 number, and um, I think it's press one to speak to the registration desk. Uh, and they will confirm your identity, and then they will confirm your uh, the email address that we have on file because it's possible that um, the email is an old work email or an old uh, student email if you signed up uh, as a student um, when you first registered and didn't update your email address in the MyCRNNL, then that would be the one that we still have on file for you. So that would be the next step. If is First step, check your junk mail. Second step, follow up with the registration staff who will confirm the address and then uh, go through the steps to update it if uh, that's necessary. All right, thanks, Julie. Um, and I guess the the two options when you're entering um, your learning entries in uh, My Learning in the Alinity Member Portal, you can submit or save for later. Those are your two options. Um, I'm just hearing from a registrant that um, when you submit, it kind of locks their account. It won't let them move forward. Um, is that something that we that you've seen before? Should they be choosing save for later or is that a glitch that's been since worked out? Any advice with respect to that? Uh, I will say that's not a, uh, a typical response when you hit uh, submit. Um, without getting too technical, the, uh, the difference between the submit and the save for later buttons really is that Submit does a little validation check. So you could see like when Michelle was doing the entries, the um, the date wasn't entered. So it just does an additional little bit of work in the background to see that you have minimum of 20 characters, that the date is there. That's the only real difference between the submit and the save for later until you're doing CCP as part of your uh, renewal. Then it also does the validation check, but it does it for a different purpose to make sure you have met all of the requirements to renew your license. Save for later is basically just that. It saves the entry so you can uh, come back to it uh, later. Submit just does that little extra bit of validation in the background. So if it did lock up, then that is not a typical response, and I would encourage that person to get in touch with us. Excellent. And Julie, so we have found when we've been troubleshooting, um, when someone isn't able to submit or um, save for later, they've actually gone in uh, to a learning plan that um, the CCP cycle has been 2022-04 um, to um, 2023-03. So it's the wrong licensure year. So you have yes. to ensure that you choose the registration year that is for the 2023-2024. to I will also add in uh, another important point is that the system does time out after 20 minutes. So if you're taking a long time or if you get interrupted and you're uh, typing it in and then when you go to hit submit, uh, you get an error or something goes wrong, it could just be that the system is timed out. So I would strongly encourage you if you're entering multiple uh, activities at the same time to hit either the submit or the save for later button after each one to make sure that your the system has some activity and it restarts that 20 minute clock. 
That's excellent, Julie. I'm glad you touched on that because, um, well, Michelle and I, when we have been um, working with the registrants on this, uh, you know, another tip would be um, we encourage people to to create their own log, like in a Word document that they can save just in case, you know, you were to hit uh, save and then you went and found it that you were timed out. So it's just it's just good practice. I do it now as well. Um, so it is helpful to have, um, you know, something written up that you can save and just copy and paste like Michelle was doing into uh, my learning. Excellent. Um, uh, another um, comment was about uh, when you complete a profile update, it does not reflect it immediately. Does it go somewhere to be approved first? From my experience, when um, you know when I've updated my profile, it was it, the change was immediate. Julie, have you seen that before when someone's updated their profile, but the changes aren't reflected immediately? Um, there are some sections of the um, profile update that do require review by the uh, administrative staff. So in those cases, um, you could get a message saying that your profile update is blocked. Doesn't mean that your account is blocked. It just means that your profile update is being has to be uh, reviewed by administrative staff. Um, for example, if you're adding an employer that isn't already in our database, that has to be reviewed by staff and added to the database before your account, before it can be updated in your profile. Um, a change of name obviously requires review of submission of documentation and review of that documentation before staff will approve a name change. Uh, adding education could be a reason why uh, your uh, account would need to be reviewed by uh, admin staff. So it's possible that not everything that you do will be updated automatically, but it doesn't mean that it won't get added to your profile eventually. It just means it has to be reviewed by someone first. Okay, that's very helpful, Julie. Thanks. Um, if you have a um, RN or MP who they're going through orientation, how does that RN or MP capture orientation as a learning activity? Yeah, so as I said before, you really should avoid lumping all of your learning into uh, one activity. Um, because in an orientation, generally, you know, people have like an orientation that lasts like, you know, two weeks, six weeks. For some areas, it could be longer. The, um, I guess the important thing is that you need to identify during that orientation, what is your new learning? So identify each of the learning activities that you completed. So you are, uh, can identify what is the new competencies that you've gained? What is the new knowledge um, that you have gained in that learning activity during your orientation? And then you can articulate what is that you know immediate impact that you're going to have on your practice by learning that during orientation so um, by lumping it all together um, then you know it's very difficult to articulate what is the learning impact the impact statement um, of you know lumping the orientation all together also during an orientation there are activities that aren't um, learning activities. So, you know, part of orientation is you learn about scheduling, you learn about payroll, your nursing contract. Remember, the activities have to be related to professional practice and your practice setting. So, by uh, identifying each of the learning activities, it uh, enable you to articulate your impact statement. And then you can say, as a result, just say all of your learning was your orientation. 
by doing those individual learning activities, you can say as a result of completing my orientation, I'm now a safe and competent nurse and can practice independently in my new role, for example, on the, uh, the medicine unit. And you would further, you know, explain how your practice is different. So, um, so we really um, encourage you not to lump it all under um, one um, activity. A, for a conference or a webinar, that's a little different because generally you're looking at, you know, maybe 14, 16 hours and you're learning certain specific things. You can use that in the education day, but you have other learning activities that you're able to draw upon to allow you to write that summative evaluation. Thanks, Michelle. Um, Julie. Do registrants need to put a copy of the Canadian Protective Nurses Society receipt under my forms? Uh, no, they don't. The, um, the CMPS receipt needs to be provided um, if you're uh, doing an application, getting an interim license, uh, or uh, returning to practice. Um, so as if you're completing one of those forms, there is a place where you can upload your CMPS receipt to that form. Um, otherwise, you can email it into the registration email address. But for now, we only need your CMPS receipt if you're doing one of those processes, like getting a license, returning to practice. Excellent. I'm just quickly um, looking for any more questions. Um, I think I have um, I've captured them all, unless someone has something new that came in. Um, oh, um, there, Julia, you mentioned earlier uh, in the podcast that, um, you know, there's different alinity when you're reviewing like benefits of alinity. Uh, we were talking about like different functions. One of those mm -hmm. uh, there, a registrant shared the a screenshot of the left hand side where my learning can be found in my profile. There's yep. um there's a tab there for my groups. Yes. Is that something that um, some of our registrants or all of our registrants, I guess, would would use at this point? Uh, well, the my groups is uh, where you would find information if you're on a college committee, for example. Um, so. Um, if you're a member of our college council, you could go in there and click and, the, and you would be able to uh, see the information and the documents associated uh, with that particular um, college committee. So it, it's not applicable to everyone necessarily, okay. but okay. Um, if you are a member of the college committee, that's where that information would go. Okay. And the okay. same thing with my documents. Um, Right now, for most people, I think the only thing that you would see in your documents would be your historical invoices, because uh, that's the only information that got carried over and is visible to registrants. But um, invoices and any documentation that you would have would go in the My Documents section. Sorry. I also throw in, since we're talking about the various uh, sections of the uh, profile, uh, I wanted to explain the Add Designation, um, the Nurse Practitioner button there. So that is um, the process to initiate an application to become a nurse practitioner. So if you've completed a nurse practitioner program, uh, then that is what you, you would click that button to start the initial application process for an NP. Uh, we've noticed a lot of people are, are clicking it just to see sort of see what happens and it adds the NP application uh, to their profile and then staff have to manually remove that um, for now. 
Um, but just to explain that, that's what that button does. And the um, my forms under the verification, I think we've added a bit of an explanation now what the verification form is for, but we found a lot of people are also uh, clicking on that button and, and submitting a verification. But that is only for us to verify to another regulatory body that you are licensed with the college. So not everybody needs to complete it. There are going to be things on your dashboard and on your profile um, that are options that you might not ever use. If you don't move to another jurisdiction, you might never need to submit a verification, but the option is there obviously. Uh, so you don't need to, you might not ever need to click on those buttons. That's good to know, Julie, thanks. Uh, Michelle, kind of going back to what you reviewed um, about being a preceptor, um, you know, sometimes our uh, registered nurses um, and nurse practitioners may be preceptoring for several weeks um, and, you know, they're often doing lots of teaching during that time, but teaching is different than learning, correct? Can you explain yes, that a, a little, just one more time, just explain the, the difference, um, I guess, you know, that you wouldn't capture those teaching hours? Okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so when you're acting as a, a preceptor or a mentor or you're teaching, um, you know, a course or you're doing a presentation or you're acting as a supervisor, and I know a lot of the orientations are sometimes up to six weeks or more, it is actually the prep work that you do. Um, if you review articles, if you review policies, if you review something on up to date, if you take out um, the product monographs, you review the policy and procedures for the employer. That is what's counted because you're the subject matter expert when you're teaching um, a student or a new nurse. So that is not learning. You're not learning when you're teaching or demonstrating. It's what you're doing to be able to competently do that demonstration or to teach that um, procedure. So it's 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 the reading and the um, learning that you're doing um, that is counted, not the time that you spend with um, the student teaching. Excellent. Okay, I think I've covered um, everything there from our live listeners today. Um, so just as a reminder, just to reiterate, uh, please update your profile. I believe we're at just over 50% who who has, uh, of registrants who have, have done this. And like Michelle said um, earlier in the podcast, it um, there's no RN or MP that this doesn't affect. So please um, do that as soon as you can and spread the word. You know, if you if you're if you go out now and you're talking to some colleagues or your friends, uh, just remind them. You know, to update their uh, to log into Atlantity and update their profile. The most recent email that was sent to registrants who haven't already done it was October 31st, and the link in that email is good for two weeks. So you, so after two weeks, um, there will be another email sent um, to people who hasn't completed it. I don't know for sure what date that will be, but uh, there will be further emails for anybody who hasn't updated their profile um, at this point or logged into Alinity. Um, and again, check your junk email. Um, again, that's where mine was. And just be mindful of the licensure year that you're choosing. Make sure you choose the uh, the 2023 to 2024 uh, licensure year. And uh, yeah, I hope this session uh, helped you a little bit. Uh, like Julie said earlier, um, 
you know, we thank you guys for your patience with respect to a, a new database. Um, you know, it's it we can appreciate that it's very difficult for registrants um, when there is anything new like that, and uh, it's new to us as well. So, so we're learning, and we're often learning from you guys. So, um, so thank you for your patience. Um, Kelly, just, they're uh, saying that there's a oh, few oh. questions there that we haven't oh. answered. Oh, so sorry. I don't know if someone wants to retype them and. Um, I'm trying to go back. There was a, a large amount yes. put in the, yeah. I don't have anything in the Q&A box. Oh, and it says there has a pro is a problem on my end. It just says there was a problem reaching this. Okay. Can you see the questions, Michelle? I'm looking in the um, the chat. Um, yeah, it, it would be, there's nothing more in the chat. It would be the Q&A. I was looking in the chat. Most people were writing them in, but there was lots writing them in the Q&A probably, but I can't see them. Okay, so there is one there. It says, is there any time that the April 1 to March 31st timeline does not apply? What if an RN does not renew their license until May 31st? What would their um, continuous learning timeline would be? Um, Julie, do you want to talk about the, very quickly talk about the reinstatement? Um, I can say that if you're returning to practice in, after April 30th, your time is prorated. Um, so did you want to just touch on that? Sure. Um, so your timeline for, um, we're calling it reinstatement, it just means returning to practice. So if you come outside of the regular renewal period of January to March, which is when our renewal period is open. So if you're coming back after a, a parental leave or an education leave, for example, or you're returning from another province and you come back in June. So you would need to enter your CCP for the last 12 months as part of that reinstatement. Um, and then going forward, in order to renew your license for the upcoming licensure year, you would have to log uh, help me with the math, Michelle. Two hours per month from Two whatever hours month per you month. come back. Yeah. So if you come back in August, 22? that would be 16. 16. 16? Yeah. After uh, April, it'll be like 22. So, you know, it's uh, so we times it by two. Um, right. for the good the, news the is that the system calculates it automatically and it doesn't require uh, my mathematical skills in order to do it. So the system, when you log in to renew your, um, to start logging your CCP for the next renewal, uh, will tell you how many hours you have to complete, and it is from that point forward um, yeah. until the March 31st within that licensure year. Yeah. So as you've seen, like on our in our demonstration today, it came up 14 hours. So they kind of threw me in for a little bit, but then we realized that uh, when this account was uh, set up, that the the RN returned in September. So they only had to do 14 hours of learning um, activities for licensure renewal. But ordinarily, if I've been having a license to practice since 1991 then, you know, my requirement is 24 hours of learning from April 1 to March 31st. And we will be doing another session um, in December, but um, about returning from mat leave or whatever type that reinstatement, we will do another um, session in, in the new year um, about that, um, how that will um, be reflected in your um, profile in my learning. So, um, but as, uh, uh, Julia said that will be reflected in that learning plan. Uh, you will see the number of hours that you're required for licensure renewal. 
Yes, uh, there's another follow-up question there. So you yeah. do have to complete 24 hours to come back to practice. Yeah. And then your pro your hours are prorated for the upcoming renewal. So if you came back in November, you would need 24 hours in order to uh, reinstate to get your license for November. And then you would need two hours for November, December, January, February, and March. So 10, right. 10 hours to renew for next year. Julie, there's another question that says, if you've already have learning activities submitted, but your immediate impact statement do not meet the requirements you have outlined, is there a way to edit? And um, yes, you should be able to go um, and hit um, an edit button or to click on your learning activity um, to make changes to that. And if you have issues, they can you can certainly reach out to us, but you should be able to, because saving for later, for example, will allow you to go back and make changes. And I know the other day I entered the learning activity and um, the um, and the time, but I didn't put my impact statement in. So I went back and then added um, the information. So so there, sh there shouldn't be any issue with you being able to make changes um, to edit if, if something. And um, if you want to take out a learning activity, you just have to backspace everything. It will stay there and it'll be reflected as zero, zero in the time uh, for hours and minutes. Um, but uh, you can take everything out of that learning activity. So there shouldn't be any issue there. Perfect. And guys, I do have access now to the q and I just had to do a little refresh and I have that. Um, looks like some of them were you know, earlier in the presentation or in the, in the podcast and we may have um, addressed them. Um, Michelle, you just hit that one. And then there was the, the it was a question related to um, updating your profile and it's not reflected immediately. And Julie, you clarified that earlier. So I think, I think that one's okay. And um, the final question there that I see um, is related to your, um, your learning activities and uh, do they have to can they relate to nursing in general or does it have to be directly to your practice? And I guess that question um, is related to someone who has a license to practice and is seeking employment. So they're not currently working. Yeah, how, how so would you suggest, it, I guess, those people write their learning impact statements? Ab absolutely. And remember, I talked about um, about your career ladder and looking for other opportunities. So, yes, um, you know, there's going to be times when you engage in, in learning um, that will allow you to seek other roles or, you know, to sit on a committee. And it's not directly related to your practice setting, but it is nursing practice. So it's how you articulate yourself in the impact statement um, that will define to us when we're doing the audit why you pursued um, that that learning activity and what was the new knowledge that you gained. So if you're doing a course so that you can apply for a clinical educator well um, position, then you could say that I pursued this course because I'm planning um, to apply for a clinical educator role in the next six months and I've completed you know, this of course, this is what I learned. So the direct impact is that is going to allow me to seek um, further, um, you know, uh, opportunities, employment opportunities in a nursing role. Excellent. Thank you, Michelle. So I do think that is um, the end of the questions. And so uh, we will be uh, ending our podcast now. So I just 
really would like to thank um, all of our listeners, as well as Michelle and Julie, for um, for reviewing Alinity and the importance of Alinity and updating our profile and it can, and all of these podcasts. Either if you listen to it live or later listening, uh, can be used for your CCP hours. So as always, uh, we're here if you have any questions. So please don't hesitate to contact the college with uh, any questions or concerns that you have. This has been a presentation of the College of Registered Nurses of Newfoundland and Labrador.